This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing word of God. Jesus. Serve a good God. Serve a good God. There's nothing evil or not good in him. We come to say thank you unto him this afternoon. He's the Lord our help, the Lord our shield and our shelter. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me, bless his only name. What a good God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know whether we know this or we bow down. the Holy One of God, the Mighty One, the Lord, the great lover of our souls, we thank you. Our help and our shield, we magnify you. The Lord, our rock in whom we find safety, God of all grace, we lift you up here this afternoon. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Tell yourself, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefit. And so our soul will bless you, Lord. And you alone we will worship all our days. Thank you for the privilege of worship. Thank you, Lord, for gathering us unto yourself once again. Do beyond human ability and expectation this afternoon. Move, spirit, move. And let Jesus be exalted. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Before you see that, you're going to pray one prayer. You're going to pray that every anti-grace spirit trying to function in and around you 
shall be subdued, shall be resisted, and shall flee from you. Some people unknowingly, you are fighting grace. When you hear of grace, you keep talking, where should I not work? When we talk of grace, you keep thinking that where a little bit of my energy. But today, any and every way that anti-grace spirit has been trying to come into your affairs, they shall be resisted in the name of Jesus. There was a time some people, they told Jesus, he should depart from their coast. We don't want to hear. It's just done an unusual miracle there. We're going to pray. By the special mercy of God, the doors of your home shall be open to grace. Yeah. You didn't hear me. The doors of your home shall be open to grace. Yeah. And from this moment onward, every aspect of your life shall be by grace and by grace only in the name of Jesus. So with what will we say, Father, we receive every anti-grace spirit from our life and we command in the name of Jesus that they shall flee the doors of my house the doors of my heart the doors of my circumstances are fully open to grace grace of God come in flow right now grace of God manifest everywhere I've resisted grace knowingly or unknowingly everywhere I've tried in my own strength to do what I should do by your strength every time I've tried to resist by my little power Lord let the door of grace be opened in the name of Jesus thank you father in Jesus mighty name we pray everything that is keeping our heads down the Lord shall lift that weight away from us whichever way you came in here whichever way you feel unworthy may the Lord lift every weight from your head in the name of the Lord Jesus one more time the grace of God shall appear unto you the grace of God shall function fully in your life shall function fully in my life in the name that's above all names. Father, we thank you. Speak to us this afternoon. Touch the right places in our lives. And I pray it shall not be by human strength, shall not be by human power, shall be by your spirit only. Thank you, Rock of Ages. Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Somebody shout hallelujah. If you don't shout a good hallelujah, don't sit down. But once you know you have shouted a good hallelujah, sit down. You are permitted to sit down now. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. We thank God for his goodness and his mercy. This is the second Sunday in the month of September. The month of our abundant grace. And I pray that you will not be too conversant with grace. Some of us, we are sitting down there. What is there to know about grace? Really? We've not started. There's so much to know about grace. And I pray during this month and going forward, the Lord himself will teach you. He will teach me. We open our eyes to see the full dimension of grace. And we shall live it out in Jesus' name. I just want to talk to us.
afternoon briefly on the topic title, Grace at Work. Grace at Work. By its very nature, you will discover that grace has its utmost expression in times of our least capability. I say that again. By its very nature, grace has its utmost expression in times of our least ability or capability. And we know that as we go through life, we come across things that we can handle. You agree with me? That's the truth. And we come across things that we cannot handle. And many at times, the line to transition from what you can handle in your own strength, which anyway, God is the one that's equipped you, but over a period of time, you have learned to do without drawing in a conscious manner grace from God, So the line between that category of those things in your life and the other category in which you are not able to put in anything in your consciousness to get it done, we normally don't know that boundary. And it takes God to be able to tell you when you need to depend in a conscious manner upon his grace. Is that making sense to somebody? Because many a times, we rush in to deal with those categories of things in which we have no power to do at all because we think that the category of those things that God has unconsciously empowered us to do. For instance, you will not want to save your own soul, will you? Nobody will want to. It's only God that can save you. You will not want to, well, people are trying it, but since you are saved, I believe you are, you've come to the point in which you know it's only by the grace of God you can be saved, that you can be delivered from the power of sin and transferred to the kingdom of light, that you can be removed from where you are shut out and can be brought to where God can bring you. Amen. And so, I want to talk to you very importantly about how grace manifests during those times when you are at your lowest position. And once you recognize how grace manifests, you will tap onto it more. There are many, there are many things that happen to us in our lowest moments of life. Many. I'll pick only three. And on those three, we will dwell this afternoon. Many things. The first thing is that when a person is in his lowest moment in life, when things are really hard, you feel a sense of contradiction, and I'm speaking specifically to children of God here. You feel a sense of contradiction. Contradiction simply means that you are wondering that I'm a child of God. Why am I going through this? And so that contradiction can be so intense in the life of many that we don't know how to handle the contradiction. And more often than not, is our greatest undoing. When Jesus Christ said, that if any man will follow me, let him carry his cross, let him deny himself, carry his cross, and follow me. He was simply talking about the contradiction of the cross. And many at times we don't preach the cross anymore. And many at times people are getting a little bit disillusioned about the gospel. Because we don't talk of the cross. I'm not talking about the way we used to preach the cross. That the cross means the pain that you face in life. No, the cross is contradiction. I'll give you a good example. The contradiction, the first contradiction, the, mass, the most um, evident contradiction of the cross was in Jesus Christ. King of kings hanging on the cross. Ruler 
and the greatest judge being sentenced by another person. Contradiction. The difference that could fix the contradiction. Did he resolve it? He resolved it. Contradiction. An absolutely holy man. No sin at all. Tempted but without sin. All the sin of the world was laid upon him. Contradiction. And so many times as believers, and we get into an age in which more people are questioning. They are finding out what is going on. We said it should be like this. Why is it like this? But because we've not been told that contradiction is part of the cross. Now, contradiction as being part of the cross or the main essence of the cross does not mean denial of the fact that God can move a person from the position of, of, of need into a position of abundance. It only means one thing. Because when Jesus Christ that let a man deny himself, carry his cross and follow me, is only saying that grace we answer and the grace that answers is follow me. Irrespective of the contradiction. Contradiction. Some of us, we are not embracing the cross. We are hiding sometimes some of the things we are going through. Some are hiding. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a minister. I'm whatever. And you know, why, why should I have this challenge? Why should he have challenge in marriage? Why should he have challenge with children? Why should he have challenge in his finances? And we find it unresolvable. Rather than do what Jesus should ask you to do about the cross, you know what we do? We run away from it. We disown it. We actually sometimes try to live a double life. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. It's not by you trying to fix it. It's by you leaving it in my hand, embracing the cross, and let me lead you out of it. Ah, it's sounding complex, but how I pray my eyes are open and your eyes are open. Many, we are not speaking about some of the things we are going... In fact, we have started denying ourselves. In actual fact, we feel ashamed about it. That's what is called the shame of the cross. But contradiction is right inside it. And the only answer to contradiction is what? Follow me. Follow me and I will lead you out of it. That is grace. That's the first duty of grace. The first duty of grace is not a quick remover. You've heard that said before. But God is asking and asking my heart, you know, showing me and asking me to tell you that from now on, will you use the path of Jesus, the real path of, 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 of grace, which is embrace the cross. Embrace your contradiction. Stop, stop trying to act as if, you know, they're not there. Contradictions are unfortunately, unfortunately, part of the path that the Lord has called us onto. Let me show you a few places. In John chapter 21, verses 18 to 22, we won't read it. Don't put it on the screen, I'll just tell you quickly. In John chapter 21, verses 18 to 22, you know, Jesus Christ, our Lord, spoke unto Peter. He said, Peter, you know what? You're going to go through hard times. And in fact, and he got what the Lord was saying unto him. He said, when you grow old, you will be imprisoned. They will tie your hand. They will carry you to where you didn't want to go. And immediately Jesus Christ said that, the man said, well, if that's going to happen to me, that seems not fair. What will happen to John? Jesus Christ said, what is that to you? You do what? Follow me. Carry your own and what? Follow me. Many are looking aside. That, that other one, is God is that blessing. That other one, is God is that breakthrough. Lord, what is happening to me? Jesus Christ says what? Follow me. When you follow him, number one, he will lead you out of that circumstance and lead you to where you are going. If you don't follow him, we get stuck in there. We can try with our physical effort, but we're not going to go very far. And that's the essence of grace. 
You know about grace. It's already tough, but you know that. You know grace is what you get for not working hard. But we've not learned to know how grace works. If you are careful enough to look back at your life, those moments when you are most relaxed in the Lord, those are the time he led you out. Not the time, oh, is he hard? Of course he's hard. Even in the hardness of it, it's his grace that will need to keep you. Contradiction. Contradiction. I checked my Bible and I found out whether the Lord designed it that way, it just happened. Most miracles in the Bible happen when people are following Jesus. Did you notice? The Syrophoenician woman. It might be said physically, but yet it turned out. It's usually when he's walking. It's usually when he's walking. Bartimaeus, the blind man, it was when he was going. What's that telling me? As you are walking with Jesus, your miracle will happen. And that's when it happens. So please don't be discouraged. Are you here today? I'm telling you, everyone in here. And the reason why we get hit harder is because we feel that we are alone. Nobody's been talking about there are contradictions. Nobody has been talking about the most holy of all the apostles of old and in our time, of the general overseers, of the pastors, of whoever, of the bishops. They have contradictions. They have things in their life that do not seem to match even some of the things they are speaking about. They have people that lay, lay hands. I think this should be for a workers' meeting, not for general church, what I'm teaching here. Because I'm talking of something a little bit too deep. We have men of God, whom God has used their hands to heal many sick, and yet they are still believing God for healing. We have Smith Wigglesworth, whom God used mightily to raise about 13 dead. People said, had so much of kidney stone contradiction. And so you are sitting down there, you are worrying, oh Lord, why is it happening to me? Well, the Lord is saying, I will lead you through it. You follow me? You may feel the contradiction. You've had enough of, you, well, not enough. I mean, you've had me say many times before that he source problems, I still source problems. You've had me say many times before, it takes us out of our deep end and brings us into the place of blessing. Yes, it does. But you need to hear as well that as a following, that's a following. And you're not going to have it by your own rules. It has to be by his own rule. Oh, what a time to be talking about that when we're talking about grace. Because that is the essence of grace. The cross is the essence of grace. There are many things that the cross represents. The upright being carried by the horizontal. Usually the horizontal is the shorter one. The upright is the longer one. The upright is God carrying you the falling. Many times, he just lifts it up. It's not that he's changed it. He just lifts it. He didn't turn it to be upright. In a sense... That's why many at times we still age. If we've got history today, you see age. That is why if you have money today, after a time, all the money you have, they will mean nothing to you. And I pray you have money very soon when it will mean nothing to you. It's so difficult to preach to poor people. Because when you talk of money in, a, in such a way, and I'm one of you, don't worry, I'm not rich yet. But when you speak to rich people, you just, you just say, what is money? It means nothing. Ask those that have got millions in the bank. Their greatest challenge in life is not even so much of, I'm those of those that have got some brain. One of them, they have so much money, they say they're going to give 99% out. One said 95. One, they are challenging one another. To us, that is a big deal. So what I'm saying is that all those things that mean so much unto us, Jesus Christ said, that's not the real thing. I'll mention one or two other points unto you. Unless we get into the place where Christ wants us to be. I pray that our faith may not fail. 
Because he that thinketh he stands, let him beware lest he falls. Men of yesterday who are following the Lord are not following the Lord anymore. They never paid attention that it's very possible that the most upright of our person, one day, the contradiction that you find in the gospel might be so much that you find it unresolvable. It can be so much that becomes unresolvable. The wife that they pray for, that should not depart, eventually departed. Contradiction of the cross. Does that remove God being God? The child they had vigil over. The most anointed within the group or wherever they are, laid hand and prayed. And the Lord said, I'm having this in my way. That's what we call the offense of the cross. Contradiction. But you will have a lovely life in him, you will. Will you know peace in him, you will. But remember, there's contradiction there. Blessed is he who is not offended in me. John the Baptist, the greatest. You know the story. I don't need to tell you. You know the story. Jesus Christ, not another prophet said. Jesus Christ said, he said, of all the prophets, he said he was the greatest. I believe there were prophets. Elijah was a great prophet. Elisha was a great prophet. You can preach the rest of it to yourself. Jesus said, this guy you have seen was the greatest prophet. And one day, contradiction caught up with him. He was incarcerated. Maybe could have done things differently. And he sent to Jesus and said, ah, ah, are you not the one? I know what I saw. You have power to get me out of here. Why am I not out? What's going on? Jesus must have laughed. But with pain in his heart. He said, go and tell him, I'm still the Messiah. Miracles are happening. Everything's are happening. Even Robbie soft upon injury. If miracles are happening, why is it not happening to him? Have you, is that, that should not be the answer. Is that going to tell you about the business of miracles? Well, okay, if you are happy, why not here? He said, Blessed, this is not offended in me. Contradiction. And the reason for contradiction, I don't know. The only reason I can say is that so that we can hold on to that which is more precious than the things that are less precious. I'm still young. If you laugh. But as years are going back, of course I am still love, so I am. But as years are going back, my thinking is changing. Values are changing. And when I started seeing what matters most, may the contradiction of the gospel not keep you out. May it not keep you out. Let me move on quickly. So one of the things that when things are very bad in life, we come across is that. Number two thing we come across when things are bad is what I call rejection and hate. Rejection. In Psalm 14 verse 20, it said, the poor are despised even by their own neighbors, but the rich have many friends. The truth of the matter is that anytime we go through challenges of life, you have less, thank God for people that are close to you. But you that's why you appreciate them more. But you yourself, you know that most people will not want to touch you if things are not working. That's, that's life. They won't, they won't want to touch you. They, that's why you know your real friends. Even with Jesus, when things were bad, his disciples left him. Job, his wife, left him. 
when things are tough, rejection is very rife. But God is saying that that is the time he wants to show you his grace. We are in a rush for him to get us out. He is desperate to let us know that when nobody wants you, I want you. And once you assimilate that fact, it becomes easy to walk through it. I've prayed the prayer before. What a funny prayer. That Lord, if I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, and I'm worthy, I can serve you. God says that's not grace. I want you when you are worthy, when you are poor, when you are ill. Or else I will be like every other person who is a user. That's what the world does. The world gets the person that is okay. He said, but for him, where grace comes in is that exactly where you are that down, that's where I want you. I want to stay with you there. You know what? And then we come out together. We're in a rush to come out. He's the rush to come in to meet us there. And many times we bang him on the way. You want to jump out? The Lord said, wait, wait there. Let me come and pick you out. Let me know that I, I can stay with you in that moment of grief. I can stay with you in that moment of everything is not working. And then you can feel my presence and then you can know that I'm God Almighty. Rejection. It's a nice verse of the Bible that, you know, I came across. It was funny. Please put Proverbs chapter 19 verse 7 on the screen. So one of the things that grace answered with love. Proverbs 19, verse um, 7, please. Okay? All the brothers of the poor hate him. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, maybe not all. How much more do his friends go far from him? He may pursue them with words, yet they do what? Employ yourself. They will run after you more as long as they see that you are in a good employment. They won't even need to do any check or minimal check. The check, the last job, you are 90,000. They now offer you 130. They didn't even know how, if they could keep, how long are you there? Five years. They've done the check for me. And the one that is more qualified, that is struggling to get something, is the system of the world. If you are not making it, nobody wants you. But that's when Jesus wants you. And stop talking about the grace that is the cheap grace. The real grace is the one that the world cannot offer. It's the real grace that you cannot offer. No matter how committed people are to one another, adversity can bring gap between them. Unless you want to lie to yourself. The adversity brings gap. The closest of relation, which is marital relationship, it brings gap. People don't feel inclined to be, you know, warm towards one another. We say we are going through it together. Until you know that Jesus is your best friend, you've not started enjoying grace. Because in the midst of adversity, that's when it comes in most. I'm all getting very quiet now. Enjoy his grace. I say enjoy his grace. I say enjoy his grace. The Bible calls him the friend that's still closer than a brother. Nothing makes him to change his mind about you. And I'm not preaching hyper grace. If you are Jesus' own, if you are truly his own, even when you mess up, he will flog you properly and get you back, but he won't leave you. 
I believe with all my heart. When he said that day that the Father has given unto me, no one can take them away except the person decides to walk away. He doesn't reject. That is why even if you are making your error, you are disobeying, you are doing this, and you are a child of God, I'm waiting. Cain is coming. Even me, myself, oh yes. One time, a brother, very little things, he knew how the discipline of God. I've been through a few, got unnecessary ticket just because I reacted badly to somebody. We were having money meeting at McLean Motor, and uh, the brother decided, it was one of our shots, <laughs> very wonderful brother. Just to tell you that if you are God's son, his love will grab you by all means. Very fervent. This day, he just started looking, liking golf a lot. He shared it publicly, so decided to leave before we finish. Please don't leave before we finish today. <laughs> if you don't play golf, if you don't play golf, it might not happen to you. So decided to go to Hazelwood to go and play golf. And then he parked his polo there. If he's hearing remotely now, he knows he's given it publicly. And he parks his polo there. Of all the days that he's been playing golf, before 1 p.m. he was playing golf. Anosha, in fighting of love. And the frog was scream. The ball came from somewhere. <laughs> Evening service, because we are all evening service is sitting, because it's a child of God, reported there quickly. He <laughs> packed his golf bag. What I'm simply saying, that is the love of God, saying you won't go. You won't get it wrong. While the world is rejecting you, the love of God is keeping you. Ah, somebody said, Jesus have mercy. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Let me put that on the screen for us before we go on. Grace is available. Real proper grace, not cheap grace. No, Romans, not Proverbs. Reflect Proverbs. Romans 5, verse 8. 5. Thank you. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners. Another version says, while we are still unworthy. It's more important. Unworthy in health, unworthy in sin, unworthy. And it's an ongoing thing. He died for us. So it does not stop. Finally, of the three things before I talk and close some other aspect, loss of direction. When a person is going through his hardest points in life, you see experience contradiction. Lord, I'm your child. Why is this happening to me? You know, and I prayed. A person can feel rejection. People around you, they start making insinuation. Even those that are close, you say, well, we don't know what he's putting his hand on to. I mean, yeah, many years back, a wonderful brother passed away. I was in Ibadan, Nigeria at that time. You know, very fervent member of the Assemblies of God Church there. The lecturer and all the rest of that. But I had brethren. I was just a new believer. Brethren was saying, well, when brethren dies, we don't know what they put their hand on to. But that's, that's human being for you. But number three thing, apart from rejection, is loss of direction. And that could be a very hard one, a very practical one. When we are going through our low moments in life, and it's grace that answers all these things, whether it is uh, the contradiction or it is rejection, it's grace that we answer. When we lose our direction, we don't know what next to do. We are so down out there, you know, we're confused to apply not to apply, to seek treatment not to seek treatment, to see doctor not to see doctor, to get a loan not to get a loan. You know what I'm talking about? to go and ask for money from family member or to go and borrow, to just not even bother at all and let everything collapse. You know, we're just there. Loss of direction. Everything's so fuzzy. And then, how does grace come in? 
You know, grace then comes in and you find out that without you making any, and that's going to happen to many of you in here this morning. Without you making any effort, without you even know how you got out, just find yourself you got out. Uh, then you know that's grace. Because you can't say, because you didn't even know what to do anyway. And so you came out because God came in and got you out. And so God sometimes, you know, when he's watching us and we come to that point, usually, and if you're at that point, I guarantee you, your exit is very close. I'm not hearing your amen. amen. Your exit is very close. The only thing I will leave with you, don't struggle in it. If you don't know what to do, as much as possible, some things are time-bound, I know. As much as, as much as possible, just relax. And we are not relaxing, but just stay. You, know, and you can't relax, I know, but just, just stay there. Amen. Don't, don't complicate it. Because grace will appear. And when grace appears, it will get you out in Jesus' name. All right, finally, I just want to close another 10 minutes or so and talk about a lifestyle of grace. Many of us, we, have not lived, we are not living a lifestyle of grace. Amen? Grace is a lifestyle. Very few believers have found that lifestyle. After we got born again, we don't know what a grace lifestyle is. And I give a few points to tell you what a true lifestyle of grace is. Lifestyle means that is the way, that is the rule that guides your life, that is the way we work, that is the way you sleep, that's the way you see things. It's a lifestyle. Some people drinking is a lifestyle. You understand what I'm talking about? And when it becomes a lifestyle, you become addicted to it. You agree with me? Some people smoking is a lifestyle. When they smoke until they have a fag or a stick of cigarette, they probably won't even move their bowels in the morning. No many people that were in that condition before until God delivered them. It's a lifestyle. Some people gossip is a lifestyle. Some people altruism and kindness is a lifestyle. But let's leave all that. That's also what I can call a lifestyle of grace. That is, you're addicted to it. When it's your lifestyle, you don't think about it, you just do it. You understand? A lifestyle has passed from your frontal part of your brain, has passed to the hind part of your brain, the primitive brain, we call it, in which the things become automated. Automated action is how you draw from your home to church this morning, if you draw. You understand? 90% of it was automated. That's why if I ask you, what did you see on the way this morning? You can't tell me. It was automated. And so grace can get to that automated level. That is naturally you live a life of grace. You don't struggle anymore. And if, you, if, you, if I can get myself there, if you can get there, oh, how our world will be impacted. Oh, how glorious it will be. When grace is not something we preach anymore, it's just grace that we all keep sharing. Number one, the things that will help you to live or how we know a person is living a lifestyle of grace and if they are not, to work upon. Number one, nothing ever makes them shocked at their own failing or inadequacies. You are living a life of grace. If you are no longer shocked, you might be disappointed, you might have displeasure, but you are never shocked. When you see a, people, a person who has been trusting God not to be angry in a violent manner, and you fall into anger again, and you feel shocked and angry even more, and you probably even thinking that you want to give up the journey, most probably you have not entered the lifestyle of grace. A person living a lifestyle of grace, we know that in him there is nothing good. And that the good moments you have is only by the grace of God. So when it doesn't happen, you say, oh, again, Lord, how are we going to tap into more grace? And they find out that day by day they get better. A person living a lifestyle of grace, sincerely, and this might come a little bit harsh, may be disappointed about not getting an appointment, not getting a contract, 
may feel displeasure about it, but will not be shocked to the point of not wanting to go forward. Because he knows that his life is a continuum of grace. If this has not worked, the next one will work because grace is still working. Does that make sense to somebody? So that's how you know you are working in grace. Nothing will shock you. Nothing will make you to get to the point of I'm throwing everything down with all tantrums. And it's hard to get there. In actual fact, Apostle Paul tells us in first, second Peter chapter, sorry, Apostle Peter told us in Second Peter chapter 3, the last verse. He said, What? Grow in. So this thing grows. I'm not fully there. But it's a journey. I want to get to that point in which I can take on any challenge. If it fails, I know grace will take care of it. And that's why great men of God, we cannot talk about legends in our time. Like our general overseer, Daddy Jew. Just this crazy project on. Because he's living a lifestyle of grace. There's no amount of fundraising you can do to do what he's doing. There's no amount of people fasting. Fasting is one thing. Another thing is just living a life of grace. And inside the meditation, he says, God that's carrying him. I can get there too. Over the few hundreds people, I, I don't have to stress. But if I'm stressing, I'm not living a life of grace. You over your family, or father, mother, and a few children, your hair's already gray. Entitled lifetime of grace. Amen. And because you have gray hair, it can be genetic, so don't take it against me. So, number one thing, nothing will shock you. Do you agree with me? And God can move you there. Number two, if a person is living a lifetime of grace, the person is never afraid to look into the mirror of the word of God to see his blemishes. I will not spend time on that one. That's why it's important. Because number one thing that grace does, it removes us from our sins. Amen. So you look at the word of God. You don't run away. Some people, they run away from the world. When they hear something being preached in a place, they leave the place and run to another place. You can't run away from God. There are some people that stop coming to church because as infrequently as we preach, preach tithing in this church, they had it in Sunday school, they packed their Bible, they are gone. Over what? And we can multiply example. Number three. When a person is living a lifestyle of grace, the person will depend on God for his or her every need. Nothing will be too small to believe God for. And some people they take John chapter 15, verse 5, literally, where it says, Without me, you can do, I'm divine, you are the branches. He said, but without me, concluded that verse by saying, you can do nothing. Amen. And they take it literally. Nothing means what? Including even visiting the bathroom. You can't without him. And you ask those people who need a lot of help to even do the ordinary things that every, every healthy person does. You will then know you need grace. And so, and God has been hammering a few of us like that. You come back from every trip. He's been insisting that you go back and say thank you. He's building me to know grace. Sometimes I'm so up to here, just say, no, not downstairs, in the right place. Just to know that I came home because of your grace. I've always known that, and he's not going to stop helping me, but he just want to tell me that without him I can do nothing. That's a lifestyle of grace. That's why even though I make a decision, even though I heard him or I didn't hear him, I know that because his grace, we come into the situation when I've made a mistake to write it or when I've gotten it right to give the glory to him. Without him, you can do nothing. Number four. 
A person that is living a lifestyle of grace, he will be tolerant of the failures of others, knowing that it is only by grace that he or she is standing. Amen. And that's a difficult one for some of us, especially those who are, you know, I'm not, very choleric, you are driven when they talk of temperament, or you are are giving to excellence, you know, you want things to be drawn properly. It could be a struggle. You don't know where to draw the line between being sloppy and align anything and being gracious to people. And I struggle a lot about that. And God knows how to discipline me. Once I miss it and I'm not gracious, immediately after one, I myself, I make mistakes. If, you know, if somebody is to do something, you know, might not be a sin. You know, it might just be things I could normally have done easily. I find it difficult to do. And God is telling me, you are not gracious. If you are observant enough, you will have seen it in your own life. But most of the time, we are not. We keep binding and losing. When very sincerely, you are just in a class. God is teaching you. Ah, no, see the way he talks. The very way you say, see the way he talks. You that are very fluent, you pick wherever. You stand up to address the group, and you find that you are stammering yourself. If you can think back, you say, have I been unkind to somebody? Have I been unkind? Those that are very quick to expose the sins and weaknesses of others in an evil manner. Sin has to be exposed when it has to be exposed. But in an evil manner, they find that themselves, they start struggling or falling into the sin worse than the others that they were trying to expose. Even amongst couples, when you are majoring on the weakness of your, couple, of your, of your partner, you find that, that you yourself you start manifesting that weakness because you have not been gracious. A lifestyle of grace will take care of that. How many have we said? Number five, a lifestyle of grace always achieves results. Put 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 on the screen for us, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Hallelujah. And God is able, somebody say God is able, to make all, what? Is this some grace? Abound toward you that you always having all sufficiencies in may have an abundance for every good work. I don't think I've seen any other verse in the Bible that has so many superlatives or any other human statement worthy of listening to. There are many useless statements outside there that's got superlative like that. If there's one Bible verse you must remember, remember that one on grace. God is able. May I add, God is willing. May I add, God is ready. Are you taking that in? Oh, God is able to make what? Abound, not just trickle, like a gush, that you, say me, having always, not sometimes, always having, the state, the, 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 the verse is out of this world. All sufficiency in all things may have an abundance. So where you are living a lifestyle of grace, this, this is going to be your life, this kind of verse of the scripture will come to pass in your life. That's the goal. That's the kind of scripture that will come to pass in your life. We're going to stand up and pray with Zechariah chapter 4 verse 7. But put Zechariah chapter 4 verse 7 on the screen first. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
you will be an embodiment of grace. Amen. How do we know a person as an embodiment of grace? People will ask you, how did you do it? What would be your answer? But even before you use the right time, if I go to talk to somebody that, you know, do not know the scripture, you say, how did you get here? It's too big. What will you say? I don't know. I don't know. That's grace. I'm expecting that shall be my testimony and your testimony very soon. That's why people start writing books. How did you become this? And they start writing things. Okay, maybe they, they might have an idea, but at the end of the day, if it is God, you won't be able to explain it. That's where you should be going. That's where I will be going. And that's where you will be going. Unexplainable success. The one beyond human comprehension. The one, and many of you, God is cornering you. That's why you are trying and trying and trying. And God says, stop trying. Let me do it my way. I, I know at least about five of you in this room, not because I know you by name, but by revelation of the Spirit, that God has set his eyes upon you. All this thing, all this contradiction, everything that I've been saying before that has been like brick in your face, is, this is the conclusion of it. God is setting you up to that point in which we say, you know what, I don't know what to do anymore. And then when you say you don't know what to do anymore, what, what we do, he will take over, do it. And when it's happened, and they ask you, you will say, I don't know I got here. I'm looking forward to that time when I will say that. Some of the things that we have seen done, they are easily to explain the way. It's because we evangelized. It's because we fasted. You yourself, you know that the right of kind of fast that will get you this blessing is a biri biri one year. <laughs> Round the clock. Those that don't understand that one, you know, white flat. Round the clock, one year. Not the 21 days, not the 40 days. One year. And you know that's not possible. <laughs> you have to grade it. Hallelujah. But God is gracious. He will visit you. Amen. He will visit me. And our lives will be embodiment of grace. Amen. Who are you, a great mountain before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain. And Zerubbabel shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of. And if you are going to write it, who are you, O great mountain? Before your name. He said, You shall become plain. And very soon I shall come back shouting, It's all by grace. It's all by grace. Rise upon your feet and let us pray. Thank you, Jesus. Don't worry about those contradictions. God is going to lead you through them. You are coming out. I say you are coming out. I know you are not in the spirit. I see very much here with me. So listen, you are coming out. He is aware. He He knew that all those things happen. He's just saying, well, if you follow me, we'll come out very soon. And you are coming out. You will not live a life of sorrow. You will not live a life that is filled with non-achievement. Please just follow him. Will you follow him? Will you please follow him? Amen. And we will follow him. And he will lead us out. 
This is not the first time you will tell stories of what is done for you. It should not be the last. You will talk. You will talk. Your mouth will open wide like that. Very, very wide. I'm serious. Very, very wide. You, you yourself, you will be, will be telling you to close your mouth. Because the kind of testimony, you'll be wanting to say it every Sunday. We said we had now. You said, no, another one has come. You go, where you go? Where you go behind there? I've come again. Say, oh, not you again. They say, no, 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 it's me again. But this one was greater. Than, this one is greater than that of last week. Because we are entering to a lifestyle of grace. And a lifestyle, you get addicted to it. That's everything you'll be oozing. You'll be oozing grace. All this is your hard work, hard work. It's good to work hard. But it's better to come out to let grace walk through you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout, I'm a candidate for grace. This morning we are saying that your confession is very important. Start confessing it from now. Are you hearing me? Confessions can stand very um, unreasonable. It's very easy. Abraham, father of faith. I mean, in this culture, names matter. You know that. Before he had a single child, God said your name shall no longer be father, but father of many. And no single child. Your own confession, we ask you to do in your bedroom. What about you? God said, go and make your confession on uh, Union Street. I'm a millionaire. Hey, he said, man, my sister, but can you, <laughs> are you, can you confess that openly? When the rent is not coming yet, you went to your landlord. I'm a millionaire. Oh, which millionaire? <laughs> Bring me my money. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. In simple moments like this, God is doing great things. Hallelujah. You're going to turn that to your prayer. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm trusting my Heavenly Father that testimonies, we will have a whole Sunday as Testimony Sunday. The way it works is that sometimes when God has led us to pray and trust him before service, he gets us to a point in which we know by experience that the words that are coming out, they are his own words that he wants to glorify his name with. So write that one down. Not because we will give room for testimonies that we can categorize, humanly speaking, as small testimonies. Like I slept, I woke up big testimony, but humanly speaking, we can categorize it as small because they are multiple in many places. What kind of testimony that you will give everybody will keep clapping for almost five minutes? I beg you, don't give room for doubt. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You could see I'm not jumping up. There's a reason for that. So that you don't think that I'm overexcited. And you'll be next. You'll be next. You'll be next. Who are you, O great mountain? 
before Chris Bailey, before mention your own name, you shall become a player. And I shall soon shout, it is grace, it is grace. Now I'm indeed doing a confessional prayer. Said so much, many at times, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Got to a place by the special grace of God and by the help of the Holy Spirit that you have sufficient faith that a short prayer is more than enough to achieve what we need to do. So pray with me in the confession and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare your word in my mouth and I speak forth in the name of Jesus. Who are you, O great mountain? Before mention your name right now, before Chris Bailey, you shall become a plain. I shall soon shout. It is grace. It is grace. We take it one more time. Get ready. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare in your name. Who are you, O great mountain? Oh, you great mountain of unemployment, mountain of barrenness, mountain of whatever, I declare you will soon become a plain ground. And I shall soon shout, it is by grace, it is by grace in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voices right now. Mountain, mention those mountains. Mountain in the life of your children. Mountain in the life of your spouse. Mountain in the life of your parents. Speak it up. Because that's what the lifestyle of grace is all about. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Perform it, O God. Perform it, O God. Perform it, O my Father. I confess with my mouth, you mountain, ministry, hindering mountains, you mountains in my family, I command you in the name of Jesus. I declare you will soon become a playing ground. The Lord has said, as I speak unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the beast of the sea. And it shall obey. I speak unto you, mountain. Speak to the mountain right now. Speak unto the mountain right now. Become plain. Become plain. Become plain. Because I must come back and say, it is by grace. I must come back and say, it is grace that has done it. I must come back and declare, the grace has appeared unto me. Come and lift up your voices and decree and declare that over your life. Over the life of your loved ones. Oh, mountain, become plain. Become plain in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. You take one more prayer and say, Father, I declare in your name that grace will speak for me. Answer for me in the morning, in the noon time, at night. Let grace speak for me in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lift up, just pray it like that. You might not understand the full meaning of it. When grace speaks for a person, it will be like a man called Joseph. Grace was speaking for him. Grace spoke for him in his father's house. Spoke for him where he was a slave. Spoke for him in the prison. Spoke for him in Pharaoh's palace. Grace has a voice. Grace has a voice as mountains have voices. And when mountain meets grace, mountain must bow. Grace will speak for you at work. Come and pray that with all your energy. 
I'm seeing mountains being moved on your behalf. When grace speaks, you keep quiet. Both of you cannot speak at the same time. When grace speaks, demons keep quiet. Because grace has authority. Because grace is an embodiment of Christ Jesus himself. He is the embodiment of grace. The law came by Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus. Somewhere he said, I'm the truth. Yes, we are saying you are the grace. He is the grace. He is the grace. Let him speak for you. Let him speak for you. Grace, speak for my children. Grace, speak for my wife. Grace, speak for my ministry. Grace, speak for my beloved brethren. Everyone under the cover of my voice. Grace will speak for you this week. Rebo Shantaria Kachaba. Yes, Lord. Are you praying? Are you praying? Pray that prayer. It's by water. It is very, very significant. It is a central prayer. Grace will speak for you. We speak for you in the home office. Grace will speak for you. We speak for you in the school of your children. Grace will speak for you. We speak for you with those that you are owing. Grace will speak for you. It will speak for you with those that are owing you. Grace will speak for you. Grace will speak in your business. Grace will speak in opening doors for you. In that interview room, grace will speak. You will not speak. Grace will speak. Reshete yekalabop. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Grace shall speak for you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he speaks, demons must keep quiet. When he speaks, you don't have to speak. Grace will speak for you. And your story will never remain the same in the name of Jesus. Finally, I want us to pray and ask that the Lord God of heaven and earth, he will pour of the abundance of his mercy upon you and I. Grace and mercy, they go hand in hand. They are one of the same, they are, they are, they are two sides of the same coin. Because many of us, except God shows us mercy, we can't enjoy grace. There are situations in which we need desperately God's mercy to clear the mess we are in. But mercy also will speak for you. You didn't hear me. I said mercy will speak for you. Mercy is what gets a person out of mess. Are you in a mess? You need mercy. Because most of the mess we enter, we enter ourselves. But mercy will speak. What anyone and everyone in this room who has got any form of ailment in your body, the Lord is showing me eye pain, you know, right eye pain, you know, the Lord showed me earlier on someone who on your way, somebody is stopping a financial blessing that is coming your way. But there's something stopping it. There are many things the Lord is showing. But let's just quickly pray. He's nudged me again. I want to just close and pray and sit down. It's better we obey him. That we should pray for people this afternoon. So you are in there. You need a special touch of God for healing in your body. Just lift your hand wherever you are. Thank you, Father. Quickly run forward. Quickly run forward. Just a touch of God. And your life will never remain the same. Please come quickly. Lift your hands unto him who will heal you. And by his special grace and mercy, you've come out to be identified. You've stepped out unto him who is the great and mighty healer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. I will pray in the spirit for a short period. When I say you should shout, I receive it. You will shout, I receive it. Are you, are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Those of you in front. So I will pray in the spirit for a short while. If you are listening remotely as well, just key in. You know? And, uh, you know, I, I will not know exactly what the Lord will be saying through this tongue I will be speaking, but what instruction is that when I say, speak, you will shout, I receive it. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Church, stretch your hand onto this source. God is about to do some uncommon things in our midst today. In this Sam Prashadaria. Just continue to pray along with me. May cinema reprocheteriac. Zekremo satakini yali bashandiri abroyo. Mazume poria zika rita kashata hile ye. Inzaitre ye. Mazu poria kata yalia. Igreseni masataka reata boshenderiake. Izi protomo sahita hiketreya. Igremaha kapra shataya. Idine akabrateka luya lemo sentre boshida. Yes, Lord. Igreyalo. Bahuprahaka. Hazairika taya ligo lobo shente. Speak right now. Speak right now. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive in the name of Jesus. Receive in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The great healer, we thank you. Thank you for we are subject unto you. Thank you we are under your control. Thank you you are the Lord whom we follow. We thank you for these healings this afternoon. Take all the honor and glory. And everyone that you have received your healing, you will not lose it in the name of Jesus. You are coming back to testify in the name of the Lord. I say you are coming back to testify. It is permanent in Jesus' name. And all the honor and glory we go unto Him. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Put your hands together as you walk majestically to your seat. And say thank you, Jesus, as you go. Say thank you, Jesus, as you go. Hallelujah. Let me pray one more prayer for the church. And then we continue to enjoy this month of abundant grace. Hallelujah. God knows your requests. Those that we have prayed for, unless you have any other need, you don't need to raise your hand. But those that have any other need whatsoever, just lift those hands unto the heavens right now. Father, our hands are lifted unto you in submission and in surrender. He said, let holy men lift up, let men lift up holy hands everywhere and pray. We lift up our hands according to your word. And I speak and I decree over your children. Let grace take care of everything that is needful in their lives and they are going through at this time in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. One prayer I have, Father, let grace take care of it. When grace takes care of it, the glory can end up only in one place. And that is with you. Do it, my Father. Let the heart of your children receive refreshing this afternoon. Let no one leave here heavy-hearted. And let all come back with their testimony and rejoicing. Because you are a God that is ever so faithful. 
Thank you, eternal Father. We give you all the honor and glory. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Shout hallelujah.